attention to less physical pursuits. Working chiefly for Casey Cantor's paramilitary ops group as an intel expert, when he wasn't working for a covert government agency in another country. Casey didn't like him going into danger. He didn't care what the older man liked. He suspected, had long suspected, that Casey was his real father. He knew Casey had the same suspicion. Neither of them had the guts to have a DNA profile done and learn the truth, although Rourke had asked a doctor to do a DNA profile of his assumed father. The results had been disturbing. Rourke's apparent father had been Casey's best friend. Rourke's mother had been a little saint. She'd never cheated on her husband, to Rourke's knowledge. But when she was dying, she'd whispered to the doctor, Rourke's friend, that she'd felt sorry for Casey when the woman he loved had taken the veil as a nun, and things had happened. She died before she could elaborate. Rourke had never had the nerve to actually ask Casey about it. He wasn't afraid of the other man, but they had a mutual respect that he didn't want to lose. Tat was another matter. He closed his eye and groaned inwardly. He remembered her at seventeen, the most beautiful woman he'd ever seen in his entire life. Soft, light blonde hair and a feathery cut around her exquisite face. Her china-blue eyes wide and soft and loving. She'd been wearing a green dress, something slinky but demure, because her parents were very religious. Rourke had been teasing her, and she'd laughed up at him. Something had snapped inside him. He'd gathered her up like priceless treasure and started kissing her. Actually, he'd done a lot more than just kiss her. Only the sudden arrival of her mother had broken it up, and her mother had been furious. She'd hidden it, smoothing things over. But then Tat's mother had taken Rourke to one side, and, with quiet fury, she'd told him something that destroyed his life. From that night, he'd been so cold to Tat that she thought he hated her. He had to let her think it. She was the one woman on earth that he could never have. He opened his eye, grinding down on the memories before they started eating him alive again. He wished that he'd never touched her, that he didn't have the shy innocence of her mouth, her worshipping eyes, to haunt his dreams. He'd driven her into the arms of other men with his hatred, and that only made the pain worse. He taunted her with it when he knew it was his own fault. He'd had no choice. He couldn't even tell her the truth. She'd worshipped her mother. She had passed away from a virus she'd caught while nursing others. Now, Tat was alone, the tragic deaths of her father and young sister still haunting her months after they drowned in a piranha-infested river on a tour of local villages. Rourke had been at the funeral. He couldn't help the way he felt. If Tat was in trouble or hurt, he was always there. He'd known her since she was eight, and her parents lived next door to K.C., who was, by that time, Rourke's legal guardian in Africa. Since Tat was ten years old and Rourke was fifteen, and he'd carried her out of the jungle in his arms to a doctor after letting her get bitten by a viper, 
she'd been his. He couldn't have her, but he couldn't stop taking care of her. He knew his attitude puzzled her because he was usually her worst enemy. But let her be hurt, or threatened, and he was right there. Always. Like now. He tried to phone her, but he couldn't get her to answer her cell. She probably knew his number by heart. She wouldn't even pick up when he called. Now she was here, somewhere close, and he couldn't even get information from his best sources about her condition. The steward walked down the aisle and announced that the rebels who held the airfield were allowing the passengers to leave after a brief negotiation. He even smiled. Rourke leaned over and unobtrusively patted the hide gun in his boot. He could negotiate for himself if he had to, he mused.